Making sure a business thrives is challenging, but sometimes the solution can lie right in the numbers. Uh, specifically, 37,000, 25, and 1. Now, these aren't just figures. They're a gateway to more visibility and decisive control in your business. Let's start with 37,000. That's the amount of businesses who've embraced NetSuite by Oracle, the ultimate cloud financial system revolutionizing accounting, financial management, HR, and beyond. And 25? That's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do everything from accelerating financial closures to slashing operational costs. And every business is unique, making yours the one that matters. NetSuite offers tailored solutions to amplify your key performance indicators, all consolidated within one streamlined platform. Ready to optimize? Download NetSuite's coveted KPI checklist, engineered to elevate your performance consistently, absolutely free. Visit netsuite.com slash cbs now. That's netsuite.com slash cbs. June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Tonight, any moment now, the Supreme Court is set to weigh in on whether a common abortion pill should remain widely available. What the court's first action on abortion rights since overturning Roe versus Wade could mean for American women. Here are tonight's headlines. The new legal showdown over abortion. This case is far from over. Uh, it's in the appeals process, and at some point, it will be right back up here. The charges against Alec Baldwin are dropped after that movie set shooting, but why he may not be in the clear. Severe weather hit parts of Texas overnight as people in Oklahoma pick up the pieces from multiple tornadoes. We've got above average temperatures across the eastern seaboard. Planning to travel this summer? Is your passport up to date? What you need to know about the potential turbulence. In the unprecedented demand, we're looking for a regular passport about 10 to 13 weeks. New warnings about what they're calling a, quote, emerging threat from a potentially deadly new drug cocktail. Xylazine and fentanyl combined have been described as the deadliest drug in the United States. And on the road with two old friends who met in an unexpected way. He was in prison for murder. I wasn't worried. When you have people that believe in you and they won't give up on you, then it makes it harder for you to give up on yourself. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. We are awaiting a Supreme Court order on the use of a common abortion drug. CBS's chief legal correspondent, Jan Crawford, standing by outside the Supreme Court. When we have those orders, we will bring them to you just any moment now. But first, we want to begin with the news that Oscar-nominated actor 
Alec Baldwin is off the hook for now. Tonight, we're learning that new details in the prosecutor's decision to drop the charges related to the fatal shooting on the set of Baldwin's film, Rust. Court filings reveal that new facts came to light that require further investigation and forensic analysis. Baldwin has always denied any wrongdoing in the case, saying he never pulled the trigger and that the gun went off accidentally. Involuntary manslaughter charges have not been dropped against the film's armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who was in charge of the weapons on the set. Remember, Baldwin was rehearsing a scene when the gun fired, killing cinematographer Helena Hutchins and injuring director Joel Souza. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is going to start us off tonight from Los Angeles. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening to you, Nora. And the question tonight is what new facts have led to such a major change in the charges? The original DA stepped down last month, handing this case to a new team that is now responsible for combing through all of this evidence. The real-life twists and turns in the Russ shooting case are playing out like one of Alec Baldwin's movies. Last night, the 65-year-old actor posted on Instagram this photo with his wife, Hilaria saying, I owe everything I have to this woman. This after this stunning reversal by prosecutors who decided to drop the involuntary manslaughter charge, saying new facts were revealed that demand further investigation and forensic analysis. Someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. Baldwin has insisted he never pulled the trigger of the weapon that turned out to be loaded with live ammo, killing cinematographer Helena Hutchins and injuring director Joel Souza. I was very surprised when I heard the charges had been dropped. And then I was even more surprised when I read what the reasoning seems to be. CBS News legal analyst Ricky Kleeman cited new reports which suggest the gun in question may have been modified before it was delivered to the set. What we've learned is that if this gun had in fact been modified and that it could go off without someone pulling the trigger, is that the prosecutors and their first investigation was not thorough. Prosecutors say the decision does not absolve Baldwin of criminal culpability and charges may be refiled. Charges have not been dropped against Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, the armorer in charge of the weapons on set. Her lawyers say they expect her to be exonerated. And prosecutors say this shooting was preventable and criminal. For now, all blame is focused on Gutierrez-Reed, who will appear back in court in August, Nora. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. Back here in Washington, all eyes on the Supreme Court, which is facing a self-imposed deadline of midnight to decide if women will continue to have access to the widely used abortion drug, Mifepristone. CBS's Jan Crawford is outside the Supreme Court as we await this decision. Good evening, Jan. So what are some of the different scenarios? Well, right now, the justices are going to decide whether they're going to keep a delay, a pause on these lower court rulings in place as the appeals process plays out. That would mean uh, that the, the pill would remain available nationwide during the appeals process. So we could get one of three things from the court tonight. We could see the court block the lower court rulings in their entirety, and that would basically be the status quo. Nothing would change. The, the abortion pill would be available just like it has been uh, for, you know, the past uh, 
20 years and then it was revised again in 2016. Uh, or we could see the justices let the lower court rulings take effect. And that would mean major significant changes across the country uh, because then that would mean restrictions on the use of that pill. A third option could be some kind of mixed bag where they blocked part of it but let others go into effect. That's what the appeals court did in this, this case. Right now we're just waiting, expecting to hear from the court before midnight tonight whether they will extend that temporary hold that Justice Alito handed down last Friday. That kind of put everything, froze everything in place. Tonight we'll hear from the court whether it will keep that in place throughout the appeals. Jan Crawford there, and as that uncertainty continues, many of these states stockpiling the pill. We'll have more with Jan Crawford. Thank you. And more severe weather is in the forecast for this weekend after a tornado touchdown last night in Tyler, Texas. Authorities say some homes and businesses were damaged, but thankfully no serious injuries were reported. And officials in Oklahoma continue to sift through the damage after a dozen twisters plowed through the state, destroying virtually everything in their path. Thousands across the state are still without power. And for more on what's to come, including a dangerous Saturday, let's bring in meteorologist Mike Bettis. He's with our partners at the Weather Channel. Good evening, Mike. Nora, good evening to you. Another pleasantly warm day in the eastern U.S. today. Our eighth 80-degree day in Washington, D.C. this month alone. Notice tomorrow temperatures once again into the 70s and 80s. A lot of humidity as well. One factor that will go into forming storms tomorrow ahead of this front. We've got good upper-level support as well. So a lot of different things come together to produce storms. They race their way from the Tennessee Valley right into the northeast, especially from, say, Myrtle Beach up toward Washington, D.C. and all points in between. Watching for severe storms that could produce some hail and some high winds. As we go through the afternoon and evening, I-95 getting hit, and some of these storms could produce some very heavy rain, Nora. For many locations, what we'll watch for is flooding Saturday into Sunday. Mike, thank you. Turning overseas to the war in Sudan, we are learning new details about the Biden administration's potential plan for an evacuation of dozens of government personnel from the embassy in Khartoum. An order has not been given yet, and the military is waiting for an opening during some of this heavy fighting. CBS News has learned not all Americans who would be extracted have reached the embassy. CBS News has learned Hunter Biden's attorneys are set to meet with the Justice Department and the U.S. attorney in Delaware next week. The president's son is being investigated for potential tax crimes, and it comes as Democrats are firing back tonight against allegations of an orchestrated effort to debunk the Hunter Biden laptop story. Here's CBS's Katherine Herridge. Three weeks before the 2020 presidential election, the New York Post reported on the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, alleging he used his father's position for personal gain, a claim the president's son has denied. Days later, more than 50 former intelligence officials released a statement that the laptop had all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. At the final presidential debate, then-candidate Biden cited the letter from intel officials to push back against then-President Trump's attacks. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. 
According to a letter released by Republican chairman of two House committees, former CIA Deputy Director Michael Morell told congressional investigators that days after the laptop story, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, then a Biden campaign advisor, reached out to Morell. Republicans say that conversation set in motion the events that led to the former intelligence official's public statement. It is not a State Department issue. While the State Department deflected questions, today House Democrats released what they described as more of Morell's interview, claiming Republicans cherry-picked excerpts to smear Secretary Blinken. And Morell testified Blinken did not direct, suggest, or insinuate that he write the laptop statement. The White House went further, accusing House Republicans of weaponizing their power to relitigate the 2020 election. We asked Mike Morrell, who is a former CBS News contributor, if the characterization of his congressional interview is accurate, and he declined to comment. Catherine Herridge, thank you. Well, if you're planning to travel internationally this summer, you're not alone. Millions of Americans hope to get away, and that's led to unprecedented demand for passports. CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports on what you need to know. Tonight, passport problems posing a threat to summer vacation. Rachel Quarteron's family is all booked for two weeks in Europe. This is sort of our last big family trip for a while um, with, you know, my son going off to college. But the trip to Paris, Amsterdam and Bruges is now in jeopardy because of a massive backlog of passport applications that can stretch up to three months. It's very frustrating because it, why does it have to be so convoluted? I've already made hotel reservations, train reservations, everything planned out. It needs to be the original. Many passport offices are seeing long lines ahead of what's expected to be a record-setting summer travel season. It's impossible. Others are taking their frustration to social media. And it's going to take another five to seven weeks. My flight's on Thursday. While lawmakers take aim at the State Department. It shouldn't take a crisis. It shouldn't get this bad before we see action out of Washington. The State Department issued nearly 22 million passports last year, a record high the agency expects to break this year, as 500,000 applications a week keep rolling in. Despite an increase in funding and more staff, wait times recently surged up to 13 weeks. I have a task force established at headquarters to marshal all of these efforts so that we're really digging in on this. We were authorizing overtime. We've opened satellite offices. The quarter owns paid extra for expedited renewal. But more than a month later, they're getting worried. If you're planning a trip, definitely check your passports. That expedited service costs $60 a passport and can still take up to nine weeks. If you're really in a bind, the State Department does offer in-person appointments for people whose travel is less than 14 days out, but those appointments go fast, as you can imagine. So bottom line, plan ahead and renew early. Nora? Yeah, such important information. Chris Van Cleve, thank you so much. We do want to turn now to a growing threat from a deadly drug cocktail that's making its way across the country. Everyone knows about the dangers of fentanyl, but now dealers are mixing it with an animal tranquilizer. The combination is called Trank. CBS's Jerika Duncan takes an in-depth look at this often fatal substance that's been found in nearly every state. It uh, completely incapacitates you. It put me down for several, well, say about two hours. 37-year-old Chandler, who doesn't want his last name used, is in recovery. He believes he was given a mixture of fentanyl and another powerful drug called xylazine. I later found out that they called it Trank. It was a terrible experience for me. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. 
The Drug Enforcement Administration has seized fentanyl mixed with xylazine in all but two states, with the South reporting the greatest increase of overdose deaths. In Georgia, deaths involving xylazine have jumped from 15 in 2020 to 183 last year. Xylazine's cheap. A kilo in Puerto Rico was $300. Dan Salter worked for the DEA for more than 30 years. What can you tell people about the effects of xylazine? It's used for large animals, is not for human consumption. Most of the time, when you cut fentanyl with xylazine, you're going to have an overdose death. Xylazine and fentanyl combined have been described as the deadliest drug in the United States. Missy Owen and her husband run The Zone, a recovery support organization in Marietta, Georgia. The couple has seen countless lives cut short due to drugs, including their son Davis, who died at 20 from a heroin overdose in 2014. Do you ever wonder what your son would say about the work that you and your husband are doing? You say, Mom and Dad, y'all keep on going. These people need you. And I don't want him ever to see us not working hard to make a difference for people that could have made a difference for him. As for Chandler, who struggled with addiction for years, he says his life is now on a different path. How are you doing today? I have a piece today that I've never known and never experienced in my entire life, you know. Hope for the future in the face of a growing crisis. Jerika Duncan, CBS News, Marietta, Georgia. Now to that breaking news we've been waiting for. The Supreme Court is preserving a woman's access to the abortion bill, Mifa Pristone, while the legal case continues. The justices granted emergency requests from the Biden administration and the drug maker after a U.S. District Court judge revoked the FDA's 23-year-old approval of the drug. Mifepristone is a medication that has been used by millions of American women since it was approved in 2000. All right, a raging tanker truck fire shuts down a bridge on a major over interstate. We've got some details next. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
A tanker truck loaded with fuel was in a fiery crash today on an interstate bridge in Connecticut. The driver of the truck was killed and several others were injured. As you can see, the wreck ignited a huge fire. After the flames were out, engineers were called in to inspect the structural damage to the bridge, the cause of the crash now under investigation. Three NFL players on the Detroit Lions and Washington Commanders were suspended today for at least the entire upcoming season for betting on NFL games last season. Two other Lions players received six game suspensions for betting on non-NFL games at a league facility. The NFL says it found no evidence any game was compromised. People scrambled for safety today when a water spout made a landfall on a South Florida beach. That's next. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great-tasting, high-quality organic dairy ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. There were some frightening moments today on Hollywood Beach, Florida, when a water spout spun its way onto the beach. It prompted a brief tornado warning. People scrambled for safety before the spout fizzled out. Luckily, no one was hurt. Finally tonight, CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road with a story about faith, friendship, and freedom. Seeing her there, cuddled up with her crossword, you would never guess 80-year-old retired school teacher Ginny Schrappen had a pen pal in the penitentiary, especially not one accused of that terrible six-letter word that starts with M. He was in prison for murder. So I got to ask, what were you thinking? I've been accused of being naive before, <laughs> and that's okay. I wasn't worried. He's not going to come and get me. No. We'll answer that door in a minute. But first, how did this sweet little lady cross paths with Lamar Johnson, a man serving a life sentence in a Missouri prison? 25 years ago, a deacon at Jenny's church outside St. Louis handed her a letter from this prisoner. The guy had written the church hoping that someone, anyone, would just write back. And so I did it. What was it going to cost me? A stamp. Over the next two decades, they corresponded constantly. And although Ginny says she could tell right from the start that there was no way that nice boy committed murder, it would take the state of Missouri 28 years to confirm her intuition. Is granted. <laughs> A couple months ago, after the Midwest Innocence Project got involved and the real killer confessed, Lamar was exonerated at the age of 49. You did it, Lamar. Lamar spent the next few weeks doing all the things he couldn't do in prison. Mr. Johnson hugging a tree. Including traveling to see one of his best friends at her house for the very first time. 
Ginny welcomed him in, gave him a tour, this was a, new window. a box of his favorite cereal, and one last letter. You deserve the best, Lamar. But Lamar says the greatest gift wow. will always be the confidence she instilled in him. Especially when somebody is innocent. You want someone to believe in you. Because when you have people that believe in you and they won't give up on you, then it makes it harder for you to give up on yourself. Lamar says that's what helped get him through 28 years of injustice and now inspires him to serve a life of friendship. Steve Hartman on the road near St. Louis. What a guy. She gave him hope. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night and have a great weekend. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hey, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, and it is tournament time, people. So listen to the one podcast that will cover every upset, Cinderella, Bracket Buster Sleeper. We've got it all covered, every round, reaction shows, all the way up through the championship game in Glendale, Arizona. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball podcast wherever you get your podcasts.